everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It's Thursday, it's December 24th, it's 2020, and we're here for the Week 16 NFL Podcast. This is probably going to be posted on Wednesday, but um, hey, it's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, NFL Week 16. A lot of split up games this week with a game on Christmas, with some games on Saturday, games on Sunday. Like, um, it's a smaller, more condensed NFL Week 16. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting little slate here, or interesting multiple slates. A lot of the guys that we just tend to lock. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Derrick Henry's not on this slate. Um, I'm, I'm glad that Dalvin Cook's not on this slate. I'm glad that Kamara's not on this slate. Like. It, it's going to be a lot tougher than it should be um, on any normal week. And like, this is generally the time of year where I start to take back a little bit of my play and focus it more on basketball. But I, I think this week you can go to a lot of different spots. Um, there's definitely going to be a bigger player pool for me this weekend. And I can spread things out a little bit more because there's just no lock and load plays. I mean, as of right now, I don't, see like any really chalky guy this week I don't think is a great play because nothing stands out at this point and this is a week where you really need to watch out more for groupthink like someone like David Montgomery could end up being mega chalk here even though he's not necessarily that much of a better play than Austin Eckler or even Nick Chubb it's just everyone's gonna end up writing him up would be my guess and so people are going to naturally go that way because he's a slightly better play than these other guys. So it's a, it's a week to really look at where the chalk's going to land and probably fade it a little bit. Yeah, it's it's still – we're recording on Wednesday. It's still early in the week like we, we normally record on Wednesdays, so we don't really have projected ownership or anything. But it will be really interesting to see where the ownership kind of ends up on this week. I, I'm with you. I think that – Guys like David Montgomery could potentially be massive chalk on the slate. And, you know, obviously we're, we're paying attention to the Carolina news. Um, there are some reports that came out that Christian McCaffrey might play. Um, I don't know why they would do that, but um, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at those Cleveland running backs too. So um, a, lot of, a lot of ways to be different this week. And um, let's do like we always do. Let's go game by game. And we'll talk about some of the situations that we like for each game. Uh, we start with the Giants and the Ravens, 45 total. Baltimore favored by 11 in this game. Uh, report just came out right before we started, really, that Daniel Jones saw um, first first reps. So I'm guessing he'll be back this week. Uh, what do you like here for the Giants? Nothing. I mean, Gallman's an all right play at 5.7K on a week that running back really isn't good. He's going to come in at low ownership. <laughs> Baltimore's rush defense is good, but Engelman hasn't really been great in recent weeks. And plus, he's kind of split in that backfield a little bit. But it's just such a trash running back slate where he has the potential to get a touchdown or two. Giants have been kind of hit or miss recently. I know they got beat up pretty badly last week and the week before, but they still have a bit of upside. They still have a decent defense, and they're maybe going to be coming from behind a decent amount in this game. Baltimore's currently pegged at 11 point favorite here so even though people are probably going to be uh, going with the passing game a little bit more which is fine I mean Ingram's fine Shepard's fine like any one of these guys could go off for a decent game no one's really that expensive 
but it, it's just not really a spot where I want to target much of anything on the Giants' side. It's predominantly going to be Gallman, and it's based on positional scarcity more than anything. Yeah, like I'm also worried, like with Gallman, that Freeman might be back, and you know he could potentially like Gallman played 45 percent of the snaps last week, and I, I think that's a little alarming. Um, I don't know, man. Like taking a shot on Sterling Shepard is probably the only thing that I'd be looking at if I was running back a Baltimore stack, but I, I think you could stack Baltimore and not run it back with the giants in this game. Um, you know, looking at the Baltimore side of things, the giants defense has been really good against quarterbacks this season. They're allowing the second fewest um, fantasy points to quarterbacks throughout the year. Lamar Jackson's not your typical quarterback. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to this team? It's mostly Lamar for me. I, I expect a decent amount of people to be on Jalen Hurts because of the matchup going up against Dallas and his upside they've shown the last two weeks. And him and Lamar are fairly similar quarterbacks. Lamar is going to come in at less ownership, I think, because of the tougher matchup. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure that he should come in at less ownership. He's been really good recently after starting off the year pretty poorly. He's had averaged over 10 rushing attempts in the last six weeks where earlier on the season, he really wasn't rushing a ton. And now over 10 attempts and six of the last seven weeks, averaging right around 12. I think this is a spot where he ends up doing the same thing. He's gotten 30 points in the last two games, 26 the game before that. He's probably not going to throw the ball a lot, but you're really just hoping for his legs. So I don't think I'm going to stack up the Ravens. I think it's going to be predominantly just Lamar for me and maybe Mark Andrews just because tight end eligibility and the touchdown upside. But I think Lamar is the play here and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think Lamar maybe running it back with Mark Andrews um, would be the only two guys that I'm looking at here. I don't want to believe like Hollywood Brown getting all these targets and, you know, being in play. If you want to go that route to be different, to create some leverage off of Andrews, sure he's 5700 it's not like this guy's cheap anymore um he really hasn't been cheap since like week 11 or 12 so um that's it from this one let's move on we got the bears and the jags 47 and a half total here chicago favored by a seven and a half um we kind of already talked about it but david montgomery obviously in a great spot here going up against jacksonville uh, Jacksonville is allowing the third most fantasy points um to running backs and then the first most um over the last month so Montgomery's a cash game play you're probably starting your cash builds with David Montgomery but uh tournaments like we can gain some leverage with maybe going like Allen Robinson in this spot um what's your thoughts when it comes to Chicago yeah no that, that's that's basically it like Montgomery is in all likelihood the cash game play he had 32 rushing attempts last week the week before he broke off that eight yard run and it was kind of a weird game script so he didn't end up with a ton of work the game before that but He's averaging over 20 touches a game, which we're on a slate where Cook's not on there, Henry's not on there. All these guys that get we can count on a massive workload aren't on here. He's 7.7K, so again, that's why I kind of tell you to check in on ownership. People might be a little hesitant to pay that price tag for him, but if he's going to come in at low ownership, absolutely love him. You're right. Jacksonville's been slaughtered by opposing running backs pretty much all season long, but especially the last four weeks. This goes all the way back to last season where they were on the one of the worst rush defenses in the league, so it sets up as a fantastic spot for David Montgomery. But, yeah, if he's going to be shock, Allen Robinson is the perfect leverage play. This guy it gets targeted a ton. 
like every single week he has hundred and some odd yard, two touchdown, 10 catch upside in any given matchup going up against the Jags who are still one of the worst pass defenses in the entire league here, pairing up him and Mitch Trubisky paying down a quarterback is I don't think going to be a huge thing this week. And Trubisky, since he come back, they put up a decent amount of points every single week. He hasn't had to throw the ball a ton. 21 attempts last week, 33 and 34 the two weeks before that. But this is a guy that has the potential to throw the ball 40 times in a game. Jacksonville, obviously not expected to keep this game too close, being a seven and a half point dog. But it's still this time of year. It's still the Bears. It's still Jacksonville. They can, for some reason, keep the game close here, even though they're playing for the number one overall seed. We saw what happened with the Jets. We saw what happened with the Bengals last week. At this time of year, upsets are absolutely a thing. Games being closer than they should be or people expect them to be are a thing here. So pairing up Robinson and Trubisky is not a terrible idea. Cole Komet still sitting there around 3K, still has some upside. Didn't get a ton of targets last week. But, again, his target share was about 10% of – Trubisky's targets because he didn't throw the ball a ton. Seven targets in the two weeks prior to that has some touchdown upside. Not the worst play in the world, but it's predominantly Robinson or Montgomery, and that's almost entirely based on ownership. Yeah, listen, I, I think Montgomery is a great play. Um, and if you want to, if you want to team jam him in, team jam him in. I don't want to like, I don't want to talk you out of playing David Montgomery. I'm just saying he's going to be massive chalk on a slate with some good. Um, options to be different with um, but he's in a great spot this is a great spot and Allen Robinson's in a great spot you know you could potentially even maybe even play Trubisky with Allen Robinson um, you know to be different from Montgomery as far as the Jags go we don't know who's starting a quarterback right now it could be Glennon it could be Minshew honestly I don't care I'm not playing anybody from this team the Jags stink um as much as i we've we've talked about james robinson all year i'm i'm done uh, i'm not playing any of these guys yeah kind of on the same page i don't mind taking a flyer on dj chark regardless of who ends up starting um he's still a guy that has some potential upside he's pressed at 4.8 k which is pretty much his lowest the entire season there's a reason why he has been targeted a ton if men choose in there i'd be more more likely to end up playing Chark, but it's a tough matchup going up against this Bears defense who's still ranked 10th in pass DVOA, 5th in rush DVOA, so yeah, I'm off of Robinson. But Chark, if Minshew ends up starting, is probably a bit too cheap. Um, Colin Johnson is currently questionable. If he ends up playing and Glennon ends up starting, I don't mind taking a shot on him at 3K. You get some value there. He clearly has a connection with Glennon. So those are really the two guys I'd be looking at. It's entirely dependent on who's starting at quarterback, but playing Minshew is not a great option. Either is Glennon, either is James Robinson. It's strictly playing one of these wide receivers just based on the value that they provide. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just, honestly, man, like I'm so done with Jacksonville. I'm so done running back good stacks with Jacksonville. And this would be the week that I don't run it back. And one of these guys go off and, you know, I just, it stinks when you're allocating, you know, 10, 15% of your lineups to running back, you know, Jacksonville stacks and they just continue to be, you know, bad. So, um, you know, let's move on. We have the uh, Carolina Panthers against the Washington football team, 44 and a half total Washington favored by two and a half. Uh, we'll start with Carolina. There was a report that came out right before we started that Christian McCaffrey wasn't uh, at the media part of practice. Um, I don't think he plays Grant. Like I, I don't think he plays the rest of the season for what it's worth. 
Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Carolina? Nothing. Robbie Anderson, maybe. This Washington defense has been great all season long. I'm not I'm not messing with Mike Davis there. If McCaffrey plays, I don't mind that, but probably not. I don't see any reason why he would play. So I'm just kind of treating it as not going to play. Washington currently giving up the third least uh, running back points on the season. So that just – Mike Davis, who's been up and down, and now they're giving shares to – um, Rod Smith and pretty much everyone just not giving Davis the full workload, which is what we kind of relied on earlier on the season and the, all the jump offs. So if you're going to go anywhere, you end up going with this passing game. And outside of Robbie Anderson at 5.5K, which is too cheap, cheap of a price tag, even if they don't put up a ton of points, you can end up getting there with short dump offs and uh, high volume. Like, there's not another guy that I really want to go with. If you want to go with DJ Moore, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to argue against that. He's been decent in recent weeks. But, like, Robbie Anderson has kind of been forgotten about a little bit um, by a lot of players. And I think there's a spot where he could end up doing pretty well considering his price tag. But other than that, like, I, I really don't want anyone in this offense. You could almost take – Anderson Moore and Samuel and put in the, put all three of them in a group and make it zero to one and just hope that you kind of get the right one uh, because any of these three guys could have that hundred yard touchdown day. Um, it's just all about getting the right one. I think Anderson has the highest ceiling. Um, Moore Moore is the guy that seems to be a little bit more targeted here recently. And then Samuel, if McCaffrey's out is going to be involved in the short little passes and and even in the running game. So I think getting one of those three guys, right. Is important. Um, This Washington run defense has been great all season. Their past defense has been good as well. So this is not my favorite spot. I actually kind of like the Washington defense here a little bit. Um, Let's go over to the football team. Haskin was seen, um, you know, taking first team reps. I don't know. Uh, I think if Alex Smith is good, he plays. But I also read that like Antonio Gibson might be back for this game. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Gibson? Uh, I don't mind Gibson if he ends up playing. Like he's going, he's obviously a bit of a stud. Like I'm worried about them maybe limiting him a little bit, which is the big problem. But Washington is going for this uh, playoff push here. And they haven't been terrible, especially recently. So Gibson, if he's in there, I don't mind that. Otherwise, I'm fine with going with McKissick. He can get those dump offs. He can get it done on the ground. He can get it done all sorts of different ways. Had 10 targets this last week. This is going to be a little bit more different of a game script. If Alex Smith ends up playing, then I'm probably less on McLaurin than if Haskins ends up playing. And obviously, who knows if Haskins is even going to be allowed to play because he, he likes them strip club wings which are delicious and I miss them, but that's beside the point. Logan Thomas is probably a guy that I'll end up using regardless. We look at the last few weeks and 15 targets, seven targets, nine targets, like he's getting huge volume here. Him and McLaurin are the two guys that I'd want to end up looking at in this game. Mostly if Haskins ends up playing, if Alex Smith ends up playing, I'd probably be more on the running backs and Logan Thomas. Yeah. Logan Thomas is like running routes, like a wide receiver right now. Like he ran 50 routes last week. Um, you don't typically see that for tight ends outside like Travis Kelsey. So um, Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, they're in play. Um, as far as Gibson goes, I don't hate Gibson here. Uh, the Carolina defense has been really bad against the pass and really good against the run recently, but it could have been more matchup driven. So I, I like McLaurin and, and Thomas the most in this spot. 
whether it's Haskin or Alex Smith, but I like them more if Alex Smith plays, to be honest. Um, I just think that we're going to – a little bit more quality five-yard passes, you know. Um, I've been impressed by Alex Smith. I can't lie, man. Like, this is a dude that should have should have never been back in the NFL, and he's actually taken the Washington football team and made them a contender. Yeah, no, it's been super impressive, but I'm, I'm just like – I think Logan Thomas gets a more of an upgrade than McLaurin. Like McLaurin gets the first week that Haskins comes back. McLaurin has 12 targets. Um, You're right. Yeah. It, it, it's just like the target share with Alex Smith is 20% with Haskins. It's 30%. So like that, that's kind of my thing. And even though Haskins made like, I'm absolutely on the side that Alex Smith is better than Haskins. Um, it just doesn't really play as well to McLaurin's game, and it really fits in well to Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas, and McKissick. But I mean, McLaurin can go off for a massive game at any time versus anyone. And uh, the Red or the Panthers have been real bad versus opposing wide receivers the last four weeks and for most of the season. Um, Falcons and Chiefs, fifty-four total. Kansas City favored by ten and a half. This is a one of the few games that I feel like is going to be massive chalk. Um, it's the only game, you know, again, we're recording on Wednesday, but it's the only game currently um, sitting with a plus 50 total on the main slate. So let's start with the Falcons. Uh, what do you like here for Atlanta? Uh, for Atlanta, Ridley is a fantastic play. I know that the Chiefs did pretty good last week against the Saints. But on the season, their pass defense is right around average. Their run defense has obviously been bad, but I like I don't really want to go with anyone on the Atlanta run game. So it's the pass game that I'm going to end up targeting. Ridley, we know what his target share is with uh, Julio being out. So Ridley, 14, 12, 10 targets in the last three weeks for the majority of the season. He's been right around the 20 to point, 30 point range. This is a spot where they're probably going to be throwing the ball for the majority of the game. They're going to have to attack because Casey is likely to be up. So it's Ridley here. And then Gage sitting at 5.1K had a decent game last week going up against Tampa Bay. It was a tough matchup, and he still had 10 targets. They bring him to the outside. They're giving him seven targets a game without uh, Julio in there. And he's just too cheap considering this. Like, it's going to be a chalky game stack, and people are going to be picking Ridley and Gage a lot. But I still think that it's worth it. As for Aiden Hurst, I haven't played him much in the last few weeks and obviously had that touchdown last week, but has not shown a ton of upside in recent weeks. Even without Julio, I don't think that he comes off as a great play, even though the Chiefs are giving up a high volume to opposing tight ends. I just am probably going to stay away from them. not going to argue with it, but it's predominantly Gage and Ridley here for me. Yeah, and if Julio ends up playing, I know that they were talking about he's getting closer and closer. If he plays, he's 6,800. <laughs> like, um, you know, sign me up. Um, if he's out, love Ridley and Gage, but don't really like anything else. Um, I, I think you could take shots on Matt Ryan, but we consistently see guys that give us the ceiling or more running quarterbacks, um, the guys that are going to get potentially rushing touchdowns too. So, um, you know, Matt Ryan's averaging 1.8 rush attempt per game this season. So not like – going to be that guy the other side of the ball here kansas city patrick mahomes tyree kill travis kelsey these guys set up as top and top options on the slate um you can't talk me off of any of these guys 
Yeah, yeah, no, I'm kind of right there with you. Atlanta's defense has been drastically improved in recent weeks. I know that they're giving up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks and opposing wide receivers on the year, but they have been better. They have definitely been better, but it doesn't matter. It's Patrick Mahomes, it's Tyree Kill, it's Kelsey. All these guys are just absolute top-end options. Kelsey is leading the league in terms of receptions. Atlanta's run defense has been good. And CEH, I don't think, is going to play this week. I think they already ruled him out. So it, they're going to be passing ball a ton. They've been passing the ball a ton the entirety of the second half of the season, one of the highest rates in the entire league. When you have Mahomes, when you have Hill, when you have Kelsey, I don't care about the matchup, and this is probably just a mediocre matchup. They are very likely to go off. This is going to be a popular team stack, and it's for entirely good reason. So those are the three guys I would go with. I'm probably not targeting – Robinson or Hardman I don't think that I or Watson Watkins I I really just don't like targeting any of them it's too volatile on a week-to-week basis who's going to end up going off I had to pick one of them it would probably be Robinson but I don't really plan on playing any of them yeah uh, my honestly I'll probably pay up and just play the studs give me Hill give me Kelsey give me Mahomes um I think Sammy Watkins has had some tough matchups. So, like, if I was going to go a cheap guy, it'd probably be him. He's still playing 80-plus percent of the snaps in this offense, and I think that matters. So, like, if I was not – if I was going to take a shot on one of these cheap guys, it'd be Sammy Watkins because, what, he's currently at 5K? Uh, 5K with 80% of the snaps in this offense, he's in play. Um, we move on to the Colts and the Steelers, 44 and a half total here. Colts favored by two. Who would have predicted the Colts to be favored in this game a couple weeks ago? Um, what are your thoughts here on the Colts? Um, Taylor is definitely in play, but Pittsburgh run defense, even though they've been a little bit worse in recent weeks, they're still one of the top run defenses in the entire league. Taylor is an all right play just based on the week. I have to wait and see where ownership looks like it's likely to land, but we look at the last four weeks averaging over 20 touches a game. Like he's clearly the guy in this offense, decent chance. Indy's leading, like he'd be the main guy they end up going with outside of that. Like if you want to go back to the T.Y. Hilton, well, it's not the worst end in the world. We've seen this multiple times where a guy's semi chalky and then, disappoints and people kind of get off the train but he still had three out of four the last four weeks um playing pretty solid so 5.5k is probably a bit too cheap you can go with burton if you want as you can any week because he's 2.7k and he can end up with a touchdown but likely he's going to end up with almost no points so it's it's just hilton and taylor for me and that's kind of kind of dependent on what their ownership's going to be yeah, um, that's really it. Like, if you want to take shots on Pittman or Pascal, sure, but this is not this is not one of my favorite games, and I feel like I keep saying that, but it's just one of those weeks where very tight core, and if it if it hits, it'd be a good week. If it doesn't, I move on to week seventeen, where it's always juicy. Um, Steelers, man, this team is a mess right now. I think. It's hard not to like Stonehands Deontay Johnson here. His is just his volume. We haven't played like it doesn't feel like the Steelers have been on a main slate in forever. Um, what's your thoughts when it comes to the Steelers here? 
I mean, it's it's super tough, but yeah, Johnson's still getting some of the most volume in the entire league. He's sitting there at six point three K, and he's looked so bad in primetime games in the last few weeks that people probably aren't going to be on him. But it, with how much they've disappointed in each of the last three weeks, you have to assume that they're going to probably turn things around at some point. I mean, this was the last undefeated team in the entire league. Yes, Big Ben has looked awful. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter week, but don't really care. Like one of these guys in the Pittsburgh offense with their constant short passes are going to end up going off here. I'm staying away from the running game entirely, but Johnson, Juju, Claypool, like all these guys have shown massive upside at one point or the other. I got to assume one of them is going to get there. I'm going to sprinkle them throughout my lineups, but. Like, I don't have a heavy lean on any of them outside of maybe Johnson. Like, this dude's seventh in targets in the NFL. Like, you know. And he's I, missed weeks. Like, you, yeah. you look at his average targets per game. Remember, there was, like, three games where he left a few plays into the game. Like, you look at the three games where he's injured, Baltimore, Pitt, Philly, and Houston – Every single other game this season outside of Buffalo, he's had over 10 targets. Like he's just based on volume on full point PBR sites. He kind of has the highest floor on a point per dollar basis, maybe out of any wide receiver. It's just, is he going to get into the end zone? Um, Outside of him though, man, if you want to take shots on Claypool or Juju, I guess um, I don't hate it. Like they're eventually going to have to click. This team's going to have to click and it's a 10 game slate. There's not a ton of great games on this slate. So I think playing some Pittsburgh pass catchers is the smart thing to do um, in this spot. Like the Colts defense was great to start the year, but they've been exposed um, a lot more down the stretch here. So I, I think, you know, Juju is 6K, Claypool's 5,900. Um, I, I think these guys are in play um, on a slate where we need some ceiling, and I think all these guys potentially have some ceiling. Yeah. Maybe not Maybe not Juju. Like, it's crazy, right? Like, I mean, yeah, the Juju, he still has a ceiling. Like, he's had multiple 20-point outings this season. It's just his season or his uh, – ceiling is kind of based on a two touchdown game, which is going to be tough versus the Colts. Um, Moving right along. We got the Browns and the Jets 47 total Cleveland favored by nine and a half in this game. Let's start with the Browns. Um, they should smoke the Jets here. Um, you would think you would think the Jets are, are not going to go out and try to win another game. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to Cleveland? I mean, Chubb, like, Chubb has been fantastic. I know the Jets are a tough rush defense and they've held opponents under check, but Chubb, 10 double digit points in seven straight weeks, has a touchdown in five of the last six weeks in a game script where they're probably going to be running the ball later on the game. We can expect 20 rushes, has a decent chance at over 100 yards and a touchdown here. I know he's not heavily involved in the passing game, but this is a slate where I think people are going to be more on Montgomery. Um, who definitely has an easier matchup, but the volume is going to be similar between Chubb and Montgomery, and the skill is probably a favor to Chubb, and the game script is pretty similar between these two. So I'm waiting to see where ownership's going to land. I like Montgomery more, but if Chubb is going to come in at 
a lot less ownership than I think he's the play. As for the passing game, I don't really see the need for the Browns to really pass it that much. Baker, they're entirely fine with just letting them run the ball. I mean, Jarvis is sitting there at 6.9K. I think that's a little high. I know he's paid off that price tag in two of the last three weeks, but I don't know if we're going to see that again here. I think there's going to be more of a run game. So I'd be more apt to use Chubb here than anything. And that's, like I said, it's in the same price range as Montgomery and Eckler. So I'm kind of waiting to see where ownership lands on those guys. Yeah. Um, It'd be really interesting to see like if Hooper gets any love this week or anything too, because this Jets defense is just terrible against tight ends. So, um, and it's hard not to like Nick Chubb when we're looking at like the running backs on the slate, but it's also like, do I, can I pay 7,800 for a split backfield guy? Like, you know, that's, that's, that's the other like question mark, right? Like, you know, this is a guy that plays 55% of the snaps each week and he is 7,800 and, as much as I don't want to like eat the David Montgomery chalk, this is a guy that is playing 80% of the snaps in a better matchup for a hundred dollars less. So yeah, that's, that's the thing you're looking at here. Um, as far as the jets are concerned, like if you want to run it back with like Crowder Mims, I don't hate it. Um, I think Crowder would probably be my favorite option though. Yeah, no, he's in there at 4.5 K Crowder was a guy at the beginning of the season was just getting force fed and, it's obviously tailed off, and now he's kind of an afterthought in a lot of people's minds. But this is going to be a game where they're going to be throwing the ball later in the game. His price tag has gone all the way down from 6K in the last five weeks down to 4.5. I think this is the time where you kind of hop back on there with Crowder because he does have multiple touchdown upside. There is a chance that he ends up getting targeted a ton and ends up with 10-plus targets here, and he can get there. Like, if you want to go with Perriman or Mims, like that's fine. Like Perryman's probably my least favorite option, but he's also going to come in at lowest ownership and does have that big play upside. But Crowder's the guy that I really want to go with, and that's that's like it's a, it's it's strictly a price play on all these guys. Yeah, um, man, I just I think price is obviously going to matter. You know, especially if Cleveland's going to be massive chalk. Like Perryman's playing a ton of snaps, so. If if you get the one right, like Perriman's 3,800, Crowder's 4,500, if you stack Cleveland and you get the right Jet player right, you know, it, it could make or break your slate. So um, we got the Bengals and the Texans, 45 and a half total here. Houston favored by eight and a half in this one. We'll start with Cincinnati. Um, it's hard not to like Geo here. You know, he got benched um, in week 14 after fumbling early, but bounced back last week in a really tough matchup against the Steelers and had 25 rushing attempts. Um, we'll have to see um, the news on, like, Tyler Boyd as the week progresses, but I think this is an amazing spot for Giovanni Bernard going up against this Texans run defense. Yeah, their run defense has been terrible all season long. It's been something that we've been able to target, and people are going to look at the game log and see his game versus Dallas, see his game versus Miami. He still got 14 touches in the game versus Miami. And Dallas, you're right, it was because of that early fumble that really kind of just made them feel like, all right, you're out of the game. The last week looked fantastic, sitting at 4.8K, probably too cheap of a price tag, very plus matchup. So he's a guy that I think we can look at for salary relief uh, this week. Outside of him, like, 
I don't mind T. Higgins. If Boyd ends up playing, I don't mind him. Houston's past defense is bad. The game script kind of favors either one of these guys. Both of them still have some upside when you consider their price of being under 5K, even if Ryan Finley's throwing them the ball. So just based on the matchup, I think you can target a bit of the passing game. And Geo is just too cheap. Everyone's just kind of too cheap. They don't have a high implied team total, but this is still Houston. They can absolutely blow it. They're not a good team. They, I believe, have 10 losses right now. So it's not like this is a guaranteed blowout. So, yeah, Geo, Higgins, Boyd, if he plays, are all very much in play. Yeah, I already, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys um, like a morning grind game early. We don't do over unders for NFL, but this is definitely my favorite over on the slate. Like, I love this game. Um, I think this game, even with Finley at quarterback, has so much potential because both of these defense stink. I don't care what just what we just witnessed from the Steelers; they just played terrible. But both these defenses stink, and. Geo's in a great spot. If Boyd is out, T. Higgins is in an amazing spot. Do you see like T. Higgins' price? This dude's forty seven hundred potentially going to have an eight plus target game um, against one of the worst defenses in a game that should be pretty fast paced. So it's hard not to to like T. Higgins. And even if you want to go like AJ Green or something, I don't I don't hate that if Boyd is out. AJ Green's thirty four hundred. Um, on the Houston side of things, like. David Johnson came back last week. We talked about him a lot um, on the show last week. News kind of broke where, you know, I think a lot of people went Pollard, but David Johnson had a very quiet 11 catch game with Duke Johnson out last week um, and put up 27 fantasy points against the Colts. This is a much better matchup um, going up against his defense. And we are waiting to hear, but it sounds like Duke Johnson um, is still really questionable with this neck injury. So, you know, Brandon Cooks came back 100% of the snaps. Chad Henson stayed on the field 98% of the snaps last week with Cooks back. Uh, what do you like here for Houston? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who to go with. Like David Johnson, they finally got him involved in the passing game. He hadn't had more than four targets all season long. And gets 11 last week, catches everything. About for, time. <laughs> yeah, the first week. This is literally the first week I don't think I played him at all. Like, I don't think I had a single share of him. And I have for the rest of the season pretty much had 10, 15% ownership in him, which has paid off horribly. Um, but yeah, he seems to be getting involved in the passing game. If Duke Johnson's out, he should have the lion's share of things. It's not a great running back slate, so you don't have to worry about sacrificing a running back spot to play up, pay up for guys like Henry or Cook because they're not on the slate. So David Johnson, definitely a guy you can end up looking at. Um, honestly, like Watson, Cooks, Coutier, all are very much in play. This Bengals defense, people might overestimate it because of what they did against Pittsburgh, but – Deshaun Watson's had over 300 passing yards and for the last five weeks, he has rushing upside like cooks Coutier. We know where the ball's going. I'm not playing Aikens anymore. I don't care. I just don't want to do it. He finally had a 10 point outing again last week. Still not going to really get you there at 3.3 K to take down a GPP. I'd rather go with a different uh, tight end, but Coutier and cooks are getting the lion's share of this offense Either one of them go up for a big game. I don't know which one I want to go with. Either one of them needs a touchdown probably to make value. So I will be pairing up Watson with one of these two guys in a decent amount of tournaments, and I will be playing a decent amount of David Johnson. 
Yeah, like, again, I love this game. Um, whether you go Watson with a pass catcher, whether you go David Johnson, this is, again, like, this is my favorite game to hit the over on this slate. So, um, really like this one. I think 45 and a half is too low. Um, and this is one that, you know, you throw some jelly beans on. Um, we move on, Grant. We got the Broncos and the Chargers, 48 and a half total here. Chargers favored by three and a half. Um, no real big injury news here as far as uh, both these teams go, but Bosa might not play. Um, let's start with the Broncos. What do you like here for Denver? Not a whole lot. I mean, it's it, it's an interesting spot because Locke can obviously get it done in trash time any given week, and there's no team worse, worse in trash time than the Chargers. I don't really want to play Locke, but he's sitting there at 5K. Like, he loves targeting Patrick in the end zone. He, I mean, he loves target, like, Jerry Judy is 3.7K. This is a dude who's had a 25-point outburst. Like, this is the game stack game this week. Like, the prices of the bringbacks over on the Broncos are so cheap. I know there are several options, but this Chargers defense is 26th in DVOA versus the rush, 17th versus the pass. Like, they're not really a great defense. They always make stupid mistakes. They're horribly coached. Any one of these guys, pass catchers can end up doing something here. Like, I don't know who to go with, but if I had a lean, it would be Patrick, it would be Judy, whether I'm stacking both of them up with Locke or even Fant, or I'm just bringing it back with a cheap option because Keenan Allen and Eckler are both fairly – expensive but this is just a beautiful spot here the denver secondary is beat up like this is going to be a high scoring game here i think and it's just figuring out which pieces you want and if i'm going to rank them it's tim patrick it's judy it's fan it's gordon and that's probably it on the denver side yeah like obviously denver disappointed last week um buffalo just they they smacked them around let's be honest that game uh 48 to 19 I don't want to look into that too much. Denver, you know, even Drew Locke has had some good games here recently. He struggled a little bit in games as well, but I think this is a spot he could throw for like 250 to 300, have a couple passing touchdowns. I think Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Judy all in play, but Noah Fant really stands out as well. Um, If you're getting off of Kelsey, like if you're not paying up for Kelsey, it is a huge drop off in these other tight ends. And I think Noah Fant might come in at lower ownership than like Thomas and Andrew. So um, certainly someone I'm looking at here on the Chargers side of things. Justin Herbert always has upside. Um, Austin Eckler seeing a ton of targets outside of, you know, last week's game. Uh, what do you like here for the Chargers? Uh, yeah. So people, some, some people aren't going to realize that like Herbert was just on an absolute tear. And then he had some tough matchups. Buffalo is not an easy matchup. The Patriots, like Bill Belichick knows how to scheme against a rookie quarterback. And then Atlanta. Outside of that, he's had over 20 points in every single matchup this season. So going up against Denver with their just bad secondary right now, like Keenan Allen's going to end up with 13 targets here. Like no one really played him last week because of the limited thing. I have to assume that he's going to be all right. Wait for news later on this week, but – this Keenan Allen's been an absolute beast all season long. He's 7.5K. We don't have to pay up for running backs here. 
So he's an absolutely fantastic play. And then Eckler can end up with 10 targets in any given game. Like he's heavily involved in the receiving game. Last week was a little bit of a weird one, but he has 25 point upside. He hasn't had a touchdown in the last four weeks and he still ended up with double digit points and two 20 point outings there. Like he has touchdown equity, especially going up against this Broncos team. That's still one of the worst teams in the league versus the rush. Like he's a good pivot off of Montgomery Mike Williams always has upside, but I don't end up playing him too much just because it's such an up and down thing with him. Like he's pretty much boom or bust every single week. So he's 4.5 K. I'm not going to argue with playing him or playing Hunter Henry at a tough tight end spot, but Eckler and Keenan Allen are fantastic plays here. And so is Herbert. Like this is my favorite game stack of the week. I think that's going to be high scoring. I think that there's going to be a lot of plays in this game. I really like Herbert Allen and Eckler. Yeah, I would definitely pay attention to like the the news on Allen and Williams too. Assuming these guys will be good to go. Um, if they're not, like Guyton becomes a little interesting. He played a ton of snaps last week with both those guys banged up. Um, but yeah, Eckler, he obviously seems like he's in play here against um, Denver. We continue to roll along here. We got two more games to get through. We got the Eagles and the Cowboys. Forty nine and a half total here. Um, I kind of talked about games that I think are going to be chalky. I think this game is going to be pretty popular. I think a lot of people are going to be playing Jalen Hurts in this spot. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to the Eagles? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Hurts is now all the way up to 7K, and I think that's like still probably not high enough. This guy is rushing the ball a ton. He's going up against Dallas, who has been horrible versus the run. I mean, they've shown a little bit last week but they they still are not a good team versus the rush they're still a fairly high paced team Jalen Hurts can go for 100 rushing yards here he's 7k but you don't really have to pair him up with any of his wide receivers or any of his tight ends because he's shown a willingness to spread the ball around so it's pretty much when you have a rushing quarterback like that they'll spread the ball around a lot because there's no superstar in this group and if you're focusing on Hurts a little bit and his rushing ability then a lot of times you're going to end up with a broken coverage or a guy left wide open with how many options he has. So I don't really have a ton of interest in pairing him up with anyone, um, but running him naked, or if you're going to fade him, if he is going to be chalk, Miles Sanders going up against terrible rush defense. He's had almost 20 target or 20 touches game. The last two games, he's a very talented guy. This is a very good matchup here. I don't expect a ton of ownership on him because people are playing hurts. I think miles Sanders and Jalen hurts are the two plays from Philly. And I think they're both fantastic plays. I think they're the only two plays though. Like they're the only two guys. Um, those are the only two guys that I would, could even think about recommending. And I don't know if I'd I mean, play. Ertz and Goddard, like either one of them are in play because they're tight ends <laughs> and they're 3.6 and 3.1 K getting seven targets. Like if they just actually catch the ball, they can do well, but they don't stand out as great plays. It's just if you really want to like fill your tight end slot and have a correlation with your quarterback, that's it. But yeah, you're right. There's really not great plays in the receiving game. Yeah. And they're running a lot of two tight ends like sets where both these guys are on the field together a lot. Um, so I don't hate it. Like if you're playing Hertz and you want to throw in, um, you know, Hertz and Ertz and Goddard and Hertz, um, you know, go for it. I'm not going to talk you off of it against Dallas. Um, you know, going to the Dallas side of things, obviously we were going to be waiting on Elliot news. Uh, if he's out again, you go right back to the well. 
on Pollard. If Elliott plays, <laughs> I guess we're taking shots on like CD Lamb, Gallup. I don't know. I mean, Cooper hasn't done much in recent weeks, but like a lot of it has been some road stuff. He had a bad game versus San Francisco, but that was just a weird game all around. Um, like, I don't mind Cooper. I think he's my favorite of the bunch. Gallup got a bit of a price range or raise. I've been on him for the last three weeks. Now is, I think, the time where I go off of him. Now that he's up to 4.1K. I know it's not drastic, but Philly's not the easiest matchup in the world versus pass. They're not a terrible matchup. They're a little bit better than middle of the pack. But I, I like I, I think Cooper's the play here if Zeke ends up playing. If Zeke doesn't end up playing, I think it's Pollard. Just you know that volume's going to get to him. His price of 6.5K is not expensive enough if he's going to end up with this role again. So it's those two. I'm not taking Dalton. It's, it's it's strictly Cooper and Pollard for me. Yeah, and honestly, like Gallup's a little banged up too, even with the price increase. Um, C.D. Lamb, that slot, like easy passes. So don't hate him. But yeah, I don't mind the Cooper call. I really, I, I want Zeke to be out so I can just play like Jalen Hurts and Tony Pollard from this game. Like, yeah, done. We finish it off with the Rams and the Seahawks. 47 and a half total here at Seattle, favored by one and a half. Um, let's start with the LA Rams. What do you like here for the Rams? Nothing. Like Woods, Cup are both fine. Like you can take a shot on Henderson, but I don't really want to touch trust this Rams rushing game without Akers in there. Like either one of the running backs can do well. Um, Seattle's defense has been drastically better in recent weeks. So I don't want to target their pass defense because Seahawks have given up the least points to opposing wide receivers and the third least points to opposing quarterbacks in the last four weeks. Their pass rush is much better. They're going to run the ball more and they have been running the ball more. And now they have three running backs. Like this is the worst game on the slate. And I still think it's going to draw some ownership. I don't want a single piece of this game. See, I look at this game and I'm like, I don't love it either. But the way that I would approach this game if I was going to play it is a straight-up game stack. All right, the Rams come out and they're on fire and the Seahawks are forced to throw the football. And, like, that's where you get the ceiling from this game, right? Because if this game plays out like these teams have been playing recently, Seattle defense has been phenomenal. The Rams' deep offense has been terrible. So, you know, this this Rams' offense just doesn't show up sometimes. And... If they show up in this game and they're putting up points, Woods, Cup, big games, big games. And then Russell Wilson, big game, Metcalf, big game, Lockett, potential big game. So if you're playing this game, you play this as a game stack with either Wilson or Goff, probably more Wilson, and you take the pass catcher for Metcalf or Lockett, and then you run it back with Woods or Cup or both um, and just hope you get the full-on – high scoring affair and that's the only way this game hits ceiling if they go out and they run the ball a lot like they have been doing um trying to establish a run not really letting russ eat like this is a dude that's thrown the ball 27 times in back-to-back weeks there's no ceiling there for these guys so I, i think grant if you're playing this game you are stacking this game you are playing pieces from both sides you are correlating the crap out of this game because that is how this game hits its ceiling yeah yeah, um, you're right. Um, I think a smart way to do this. So it's all based on ranges of outcomes. Like 
80% of the time, this is not going to be a high scoring game. I mean, you look at the Seahawks over the last four weeks, they've had their, the highest amount of points they've had in a game is 43. And that was the game versus the jets where they've put up 40 points by themselves. Like I really like the under in this game, but yeah, if you want to stack it up, there is obviously some upside that can happen at any given time. I mean, the Seahawks games were the highest scoring games on the slates for the entire first eight weeks of the season. But realistically like i it would be big field tournaments is where you stack this up and if you're in a legal state put some money on the under here because it's been five weeks since this total has actually hit and it barely hit in that game versus the cardinals realistically this is probably going to be an under 40 point game the under on this game is probably my favorite bet of the week i just think both these defenses who are both in the last few weeks top defenses in the league I, I just don't see many ways where Pete Carroll doesn't end up screwing us over and just running the ball with Hyde and Penny and Carson a lot. And Wilson doesn't have over 25 throws in this game, but there is that 10 percentile outcome where Russell Wilson goes 350 yards and four touchdowns. It's like I said, I think I'm with you. Um, I think this game on paper should be really low scoring. But both of these offenses, when they're clicking, they like Sean McVay doing his thing. If Russell Wilson's doing his thing, like there's a ton of potential for this game to shoot out if if all these guys are playing well. Um, so looking at this slate in that aspect of things, like, you know, the first time these two teams played was 16 to 23. That's easily what it could be again like that. It could easily be a 16 to 23 defensive game. Wilson doesn't really do anything. Goff doesn't really do anything. But if you are, are looking for like that, you know, like you said, that 10% outcome, um, you're wanting to be in the top 1% of tournaments, sack the game. Like you don't even have to allocate a lot of money or percentage of your raw, like teams because like it's so easily to, to condense a game stack on both sides of this game. Um, so uh, it's just, again, one of those things that I like on this one. So, uh, let's get into the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, uh, get us started here, Grant. Give me a quarterback for 300-plus yards. Herbert. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm trying not to go chalky here. I always try to find somebody different. Um, I, I'm just going to go chalky, I guess. I'm going to go Watson. I don't, I don't know if it's that chalky because he's pancaked in between Mahomes and Hurts. I like it. Um, thank you for making me feel a little bit better. Um, give me a low on running back for a touchdown. Tough to do this on Wednesdays. We always say that, but give me somebody you think might be lower on the scores. I mean, there's not a ton of running backs on a 10-game slate. Um, David Johnson. Oh, I guess we should have yeah, – I'll write that down for you, but I guess we should have mentioned Le'Veon Bell when we were talking about KC. Um, Hilaire is – he's likely not going to play. He has a high ankle sprain. So um, do you just want to give me quick thoughts really quick on Le'Veon Bell? No, I, uh, I have no interest in Bell. Like, they're not running the ball a ton. Atlanta defense has been fantastic versus the run. Like, he's got a price increase up to 5.8K. That's where it should be. I, they're not going to run the ball a ton. It's, it's not worth it to me to play Bell. I'm not going to argue with it, but he's definitely not in my player pool as of this moment. Yeah. Um, 
Man, I think I don't think this guy's gonna be alone. Um, I was gonna say Giovanni Bernard, but I think he's gonna be popular because we don't have a ton of options down there this week. Give me Miles Sanders to score a touchdown this week. Um, quarterback, wide receiver, stack for a touchdown. Who do you got? Uh, I want to go with Herbert now, but that's just way, way too simple here. Um, I'll go Deontay Johnson. Ben and Johnson. Yeah, I don't ben like Big he... Ben, but Johnson's getting a touchdown. Did not see that one coming. I'm going to go Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry. I like it. Wide receiver for eight plus targets this week. Who do you got? Oh, I should have saved this one for Johnson. It was. I was going to say that's your that's your Johnson. That was an absolute lock. Um, you know I'm going to go T Higgins. Oh, I like it. Might have been who I was going to say too. So I like it. Um, and just trying to think of like good game environments. Um, give me Crowder. That was the other guy I was thinking about. You know, I went with the I went with the Mayfield Landry stack for my stack, so I might as well run it back, right? Yeah. Um, what's tight end scoring a touchdown this week? Logan Thomas. All right, I'm gonna say Noah Fant finds paint. Um, like and then give me a defense that's gonna score ten plus points this week. The one I always try and figure out every single week and don't have things planned out. I'm going to like, if we're going at pre- probably the Washington football team. That was who I was going to take. Yeah. I like it uh, again. That's who I was going to take. Um, I think Chicago's cheating. Um, I always like to try a cheaper defense here. Give me. Oh man, this is it's ugly. There's like not a cheap defense that I, I like like this week. I know I'll have some exposure. Um to if Haskins to, plays, then you can look at the other side. Yeah. Carolina defense not bad. Give me the Seahawks. I like that. 2.6k is probably a little cheap. They've been fantastic on the defensive end. Goff struggles against good defenses. That that's I really like that call. And, like, if you get that outcome that we were talking about where it's just, like, a defensive game, they could easily go double digits here. Um, but, yeah, it's just – I don't know. Again, I think there's only a couple ways to approach that Seattle game. You know, so. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, enjoy the holidays. Be safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do twice. And, Yeah. Yeah, welcome to basketball season. It's going to be a good day, a football game and basketball on Christmas. What what more can you ask for? Um, yeah, this will be fun, man. Like, I have two kids, so um, probably won't be watching a lot of sports on Christmas Day. Um, but I'll definitely be playing DFS because it's you know I have Christmas no Day. Kids, so I'm just watching sports and drinking. I know Chris- Christmas Day NBA is awesome. Um. The Christmas Day NFL slate is it's it's all right. Um, I don't know. Like it's not it's just not the same as like Christmas Day NBA, right? Like it's just not the same. Yeah. And also the game... shout out to Brick76, Brian Hooper. 
got me a whole you know, a nice little bet on Sunday because one of us was going to win on Super Draft. And so I got a massive amount of booze based on our bet for Christmas. <laughs> what, so, what, what, what did you it get? Was based, oh, it was, yeah, it was me or him for uh, going for first on Super Draft. It was going to be one of us. I'm like, all right, winner buys a loser, $800 worth of booze. So I have just an absolute boatload of champagne and hard seltzer and yeah so by the way sparkling rosé if you haven't had before way better than champagne solid that's gonna wrap it up here for week 16 we'll be back next week for one of my favorite weeks of the year week 17 love week 17 dfs always um a nice little edge so um hope everyone has an awesome awesome christmas and we will have a christmas nba podcast up uh that me and uh chief justice are recording on wednesday as well so uh that'll be up thursday morning so um, appreciate everyone good luck in your contest and we'll see you guys again for week 17 hey kids